your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. Hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you're here today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. And today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. All right, a couple of games in the books. Two preseason games down, four to go. Leafs down one and one after uh, taking the first game against Montreal Saturday night. That was by a score of four to one, and then falling five uh, two here tonight, also to the Montreal Canadiens. So two kind of split games here. And let's be—I mean, they—they they lost tonight's game, but really, I mean. It, I thought they played fine. Like, they played well enough to win it. You give up three shorthanded goals. Uh, that's what's going to happen. Uh, you know, like, that, you're not going to win the, the game very often if you're giving up three goals on the man advantage. That's just that's just not a recipe for success. And that's basically what happened tonight. They were taking penalties early and often. And, uh, you know, they ended up scoring three special teams, three power play goals on Toronto, and they found themselves down and in a rut Quick, realistically, real quick. Um, but that's okay. Like I say, it's preseason. I, I'm not too worried about it. There were some guys in the lineup tonight that uh, certainly won't be getting a sniff in the NHL uh, anytime soon. And barring some real drastic injuries or something th- this season. Um, I mean, you can say the same thing for Montreal, too. They didn't have a lot of their you know big guns out there. But, you know, they did have the pest, the pesky Josh Anderson, who always... Always seems to come up big against Toronto, doesn't he? Josh Anderson, I feel like, just waits and waits and waits, and then he wakes up one morning when he's playing the Toronto Maple Leafs and then just turns into, like, Super Sam mode. Like, he just always plays so well, so tough against this team, and he goes out and has himself another great game. I'll tell you what, Christian Dvorak, actually, from Montreal, the newcomer that they, they traded for, basically the cock in the Emmy swap, he had a good game, too. Four points, three of which coming via the uh, via the, the power play. Um, but enough about what I liked from, from Montreal, because that's, that's far too much talking about Montreal here for the Lockdown Leafs pod. Let's talk about some of the good things and some of the bad things that I've seen so far through both of these games. So I'm not going to talk about everything, but I'll talk a little bit about uh, some things that I that I did notice. Um, we'll start with uh, we'll start with the other night. I thought Michael Bunting actually looked really good in his first game. You know, he was grinding. He scored a goal right out in front of the net, exactly where I said he's going to score. That's where he makes his money, and that's exactly what he did. Right out, go to the net. Get your stick on pucks, and uh, they'll end up in the back of the net, and that's how Michael Bunting is going to score. That's how he's going to put up points. You know, it's kind of I, – I, I hate saying it, but it's kind of like the things similarly that, like, Zach Hyman would do. I think Michael Bunting could do those things. So putting him in this top six, I think, he, like, he's got a leg up to make this team in the top six, and then scoring early, showing some good chemistry. I think he got an assist as well. Showing some good chemistry with John Tavares early on. Definitely, definitely uh, really, really good. Um, 
so that's Michael Bunting. Really impressed with his first game so far with the Maple Leafs. Hopefully he can show off, uh, show us some more skill, show us what else he's got uh, over the next couple of games. Andre Kasha, another one of those newcomers that I thought looked really good tonight. Um, scored a nice goal in tight. There's just some really good play, realistically, to get Kasha the goal. But he made no mistake. He finished, absolutely finished, and he can finish too. Like he's he's a good a good goal scorer when healthy. Like that's always kind of been the knock on Andre Kasha. That's why he was available for so darn cheap. Is because it's like okay, well he might not even be able to play this year. Um, and if he does, like he's one hit away from like some severe concussion issues. And uh, so as long as he can stay healthy, like this could be a bargain. He looked really, really good tonight. Sheldon Keefe was speaking glowingly about him after the game, said that he's certainly a guy who looks the part of an NHLer, um, which I don't think anybody doubted. But, you know, when you're getting the praise from the coach uh, after your first game, of first glimpse of him or his first glimpse, Sheldon Keefe's first glimpse of Kasha, let's get that out of the mouth. Um that's a really good sign. It's really good to see. And like he was playing with David Kampf, who also had a, a pretty good game uh, as well. Once again, Keith spoke very glowingly about him. Um, what he went sixty-five percent in the face-off dot, which is, I think, really important. That's exactly what he's brought in here to be. You know, defensive specialist who will also win your draws and kill penalties. That's what he's gonna do. That's what he's gonna be. He scored tonight <laughs> um, let's let's not forget about the goal that he technically was credited for the goaltender Kevin Poole went to go and play it and Camp just you know pedal to the metal went down the ice and went to go and pressure the goalie got a stick stick on stick and ended up pushing the puck into the net and is probably the easiest goal that David Camp will ever score in an NHL game preseason game but regardless um so he did score as well. So David Camp had a, a pretty good game, which is nice because I know a lot of Leaf fans a um, little skeptical on that signing when it first happened just because well, I really, I'm really i really not sure why. It was a million and a half, and it's somebody who they anticipate to be a, a big part of their special teams. I mean, paying a million and a half for some specialists, like a, a guy who can win face-off draws like he did tonight, um, and then a guy who can kill penalties, it's more than a fair dollar value. uh you know, AAV for a guy like that. So good to see that he had a, a really good, nice outing. And then uh, Peter Morazic, another player who really looks sharp tonight. Uh, really, really solid. Um, stopped seven of eight pucks. Only, only faced eight, but a couple of them were really nice chances. Um, had two on the breakaway. One just flashed the leather on Anderson. Josh Anderson was going for the hat trick tonight and uh, didn't get it because Peter Morazic, although I. That play may have been offside and may not have counted if it, if he scored. Probably would have been reviewed. Just like the Maple Leafs got a goal taken away. Adam Brooks, unfortunately, taking a goal away from him. Um, but yeah, Peter Morazic absolutely stoned Josh Anderson tonight. So he looks good too, you know. like th- th- This looks like a-, a nice tandem. If Jack Campbell can replicate or do pretty close to what he did last year, and if Peter Morazic is going to look the same way that he did in Carolina the last couple of seasons, because you never know, like, w- w- when it came to Morazic, the kind of thought was, you know, is he a system goaltender? Is it because the system and the defense and the way that they play over there, it's very, you know, structured very well under Rod Brendamore and, and his staff. 
can is that success going to translate here in Toronto? And after one game, granted, preseason game, so what can we really say about it? Um, so far, so good, I guess, is, is what I can say. Made some really nice stops. If you recall, I, I, I when Peter Morazic first signed here, I was talking about all the free agents, and one of the things that Peter Morazic had a really, really high... Um, like one of the league best was high danger save percentage. And you talk about a couple of uh, stops that he made tonight in tight on breakaways. Those are high danger chances that he's turning aside, that he's making stops and not allowing into the back of the net. So the, that that's really encouraging to see Mrazic um, kind of picking up right where he left off a season ago when he was with the Carolina Hurricanes. Um. Uh, anyone else really impressed me today? I thought Ilya McKayev looked pretty good. Um, Mitch Marner looked all right. Um, yeah, I don't want to spend all, all the entire time just like going through each and every single player, I suppose. A couple of things that were a little bit, I guess like we talked about the good, we could talk about the bad. The penalty kill. Oof, not good at all. Gave up three goals on five opportunities. That's not a recipe for success. That's something that certainly is going to have to be addressed. Granted, again, preseason, so this isn't the actual units that are out there. Um, so I, how much are you really going to you know, take it into stock? I don't know. But it, when you give up three goals on the, on the penalty kill, uh, it, it doesn't look great, regardless if it's a preseason game or a regular season game. It's the difference in, in the score, and it's a reason why you lost. So that certainly is something that needs to be addressed, uh, and I'm sure there'll be some uh, there'll be some longer penalty kill sessions to be had in the in the coming days with this group. Um, not the greatest first outing for Jack Campbell. Uh, to if I'm being quite honest, I thought Campbell. Um, what was his end score here? Where do I have this? Oh my goodness! Yeah, so he ended up allowing uh, three goals on twelve shots. So it wasn't wasn't great. Granted, a good portion of his ta- like the shorthanded right. So a good portion of those goals ended up being shorties. Um, spent a lot of time killing off penalties, which is which is tough too. So you can barely even write him off for tonight. But wasn't as sharp as I think uh, you would like him to be. But for preseason, I guess that's about what you're expecting. A uh, bit of an up and down night from from Morgan Riley, actually. And and if there's something that I I I realized is last year, Morgan Riley had a really good season last year. And it was because he had a steady defenseman to play with. So when Morgan Riley got aggressive and jumped up into the rush and led the breakout, which is something that I I like in Riley, it's something I believe makes him a, a really quality star player, good two way, good offensive defenseman is is the you know his willingness to do those things. But in order to do that, you do have to have a pretty stable defensive defenseman as a partner. Travis Dermott wasn't really that tonight a lot of the times, and they got caught a few times. Um, Riley on on that first goal didn't have a, you know, his gap control was pretty bleak and allowed him to come in and and shoot the puck right past Campbell. Um, But yeah, so I think it's really, it's going to be interesting with Riley because I don't want to dwell so much on one game, but this is a, a, like, Something that I noticed when he's playing with CC. Something that I've noticed really when he when he's not playing with a a sound solid defensive partner. 
that's often when Riley's pair gets exposed. And it makes me question how much we really want to pay this guy if if that's going to be the case. Granted, I know we're only one preseason game down uh, for him, at least. I guess we're two down in this season, but it's just, it's something, it's not just tonight's game where I've had these feelings as well. And I'm sure you guys have, have too. Like I've talked about this many times, you know, Riley leaves his, 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 his partner high and dry sometimes. And if he's not a good enough defenseman to, uh, to withstand it, then the Leafs often get burned. That's what happened a lot with Cody Cece. That's what happened sometimes when he's playing with Tyson Berry. Um, but, TJ Brody last year was able to take on those two-on-one breakaways that they were giving the odd man rushes that they gave up because of Riley jumping up into the rush and such. Uh, So that was something that they struggled with a little bit tonight at times. Um, So yeah, that's, that's probably like one of the, one of the like bad things I guess that I saw was just wanted to make a note of that. Uh, All right, let's take a quick break and when we get back, we'll chat a little bit about the All or Nothing documentary that is coming out because some little sneak peeks have been discussed, I suppose. And I, I just want to tell you like my thoughts before I see it. I haven't been able to see it. I haven't had a sneak peek of it. I wish I did. That would that'd be super cool if I was, uh, if I had that privilege. But uh, I did not. I was not part of the Toronto media members that were able to get uh, a sneak peek. I think it was just everyone who was at the game on the weekend. That seems to be all the people who were able to to get a glimpse of this. But anyways, um, I'll let you guys know some of the things that I heard about it and some of the things that I'm looking forward to. And then you guys can let me know what you're looking forward to as well. So we'll have that chat on the other side. Thank you. You are listening to the Locked on Lease podcast. Be back in a moment. All right, welcome back to the Locked on Lease podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. Mike DiStefano here, the host of this show. And just a reminder, we're back to daily podcast each and every day, Monday to Friday. If you're looking for your post-game analysis, we got that here. You're looking for some trade analysis, free agent signings, rumor mill, whatever it is, armchair GMing. Even if we're just going to sit here and have a conversation about what is the best kind of soup that's the type of stuff that we do here on Locked On Leaves. But you best be assured that we are going to make sure that you know everything that's going on in Maple Leafs land. Um, and with that, let's tell you a little bit about what's going on with uh, with this all or nothing documentary. So on Friday it is being released. And if you haven't heard about it yet, this is a six, uh, six part documentary. Four or six parts. Anyways, it's a multi-part documentary. I probably should have looked it up. But it's a multi-part documentary that's going to come out, and it's about last season. So, spoiler alert, they don't win the championship. I'm sure you guys uh, were well aware of, of that, and it's not as much of a happy ending as uh, as, as mo- most movies people watch these days. It's not a Disney movie, that's for sure. This isn't going to be The Mighty Ducks, where Charlie Conway, a.k.a. Mitch Marner, randomly ends up having himself a heck of a game and becoming the the folk hero. That that doesn't happen in this documentary. In fact, one of the things that uh, that, that I've heard is that Mitch Marner actually ends up getting really, really heated in the playoffs, and and he starts to kind of unravel a little bit, um, and just because of how how poorly he was playing. I mean, 
he he's not oblivious to social media and and people like myself I guess I'll put myself in that category because I've you know taken some jabs at Mitch Marner telling him that the you know he's not playing well and um, you know, it's unacceptable, the amount of money he makes and the the lack of production. Like, I, I've been there. You guys have been there. Pretty much every whole, you know, Maple Leafs fans and media conglomerate have been there because, well, when you're paid $11 bucks and you go 18 straight playoff games without a goal, sometimes that's going to upset people. Um, but it upsets him too, right? And And I wonder if, after watching this, if we're kind of going to think differently about Mitch Marner, right? Are we going to think differently? Are we going to think and give him more of a break, I guess? Because um, right now, he, he's been victimized. He's been villainized within Maple Leafs Nation. And I just wonder if he's, you know, if if it really shows that he cares and he's trying and his struggles bother him more than it bothers us, is that going to make us care? Are we gonna Are we gonna have a little bit of a you know tug at the heartstrings type of moment while watching this documentary, and then feel for Mitch Marner, and maybe that anger somewhat turns uh, turns into I don't know like hope, like hope that he turns it around, as opposed to you know just piggybacking on all the negativity. Maybe now we say you know what, hopefully he can turn it around, and maybe the negativity goes away. His game picks up. Perhaps that'll end up happening. I don't like. I said I haven't seen it, but I hear that uh, it, it he gets pretty rattled and heated over his struggles in the playoffs. So that'll be interesting. Um, apparently, Sheldon Keefe is like a focal point. Not that he's he's a like a, a, a villain or a like protagonist or anything, but like he's he's the focal point, I guess, of the documentary is what I've heard. Um, so whatever that means, I guess it just means that he's in it a lot. Uh, <laughs> like he's the one who's featured, and it makes sense, right? The coach, he's in there. He's talking to the guys every day. They also had some cameras in like the coaching rooms and throughout, uh, you know, uh, game film sessions where the coaches usually are the ones who are kind of leading through those things. So I guess it would make some sense, but it'll be nice to. Uh, to kind of see behind the scenes, as someone who's somewhat of a hockey junkie such as myself, I really do want to see the behind the scenes stuff. I love seeing the behind the scenes stuff. One of my favorite like YouTube videos that I used to like look up as a kid was like the draft behind the scenes and seeing how the conversations within within the draft table are, are happening during the draft. Like when Brian Burke would get a call and uh, you know he would sit there and he would negotiate on like live on the actual. Um, like on camera, obviously this came out afterward. It wasn't live at the time, I suppose, but like you hear the interaction with him and the GMs and you hear, you know, trades going through. I, I remember the one, um, it was him and, and, uh, Murray, the GM up in Ottawa at the time. And this was Nazem Kadri's draft year and Murray wanted to move up and trade to get Kadri. And Brian Burke was like, is Kadri the kid you're picking? He's like, yeah, that's our target. And he said, all right, we're going to pick him. Right, just straight to his face. It sucks to be you. We're gonna pick him, and then goes and sits down. Now, I wanna. Was that the same year that? Uh, that might have been the same year as Tavares. I believe was the same season. Um, so they end up getting the number one pick uh, a few years later, anyway. But uh, yeah, 
it's just gonna be interesting. Like I like the behind the scenes type of stuff. I know I just went on a little bit of a tangent there, but that stuff really really interests me. So I and apparently there's also a a, a small little uh, section where Kyle Dubas gets really rattled, um, and that was even part of the part of the trailer. So there's a couple of uh, cool parts that I'm definitely gonna want to see. I'm gonna want to see how the team reacted when they were down. You know, they go up three one, and then they go down three two, and then they get tied at three. And then how do they feel going into game seven? What was the locker room like? We're gonna be able to feel this a little bit and get a little sneak peek taken into the locker room to see how everything was kind of going down as that was happening. So I'm excited for that. Uh, and uh, the first. Uh, part of the documentary drops on Friday. All right, that is going to do it for me here today on the podcast. Um, I was going to go over some some prop bets, some over-unders, but I think I'm going to save that for tomorrow's podcast. Uh, so make sure that you do subscribe to the show and come back tomorrow, and we'll talk about some, some good prop bets out there, some futures bets, rather, uh, that pertains to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, but that's to do it for me here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked on Leafs podcast on all podcasting platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked on Leafs. Like I said, join me back here tomorrow and each day of the week, Monday to Friday, for brand new episodes of Locked on Leafs. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.